Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus this, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. All right, so we are live right now uh, on Twitter. So we do appreciate all Colts fans that have joined in right now to the Blue Horseshoe pod. Uh, unfortunately, we, we thought this was going to be a lot more positive of a podcast than it, than it is. It's an extreme infuriating one. Obviously, the Colts do lose 24-17. The Titans won 2-1 and one on the season. Um, if you want to comment on Twitter, either at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three or at GM Bremer on Twitter, please, we'll take your questions because I want to kind of talk about the offensive line, George. And I see a question on Twitter here. I think it's fascinating. John Paul Verrera. I hope I said that right. I hope not. I apologize, John Paul. He asked a great question, and I want to throw it to you first here, George. When it comes to the offensive line, are they overhyped or overpaid? Ah, it's a great question. It's a tremendous a good- question. It's a tough one to answer, too. I would say at this point, overhyped probably of those two. I the, the biggest issues have been communication problems early in the year. I thought that's what they cleaned up today. You didn't see as many free rushers. That was the really big problem. Uh, but that means that today was more execution. You know, they weren't getting a push. And that's when you look at 20 carries for 42 yards for Jonathan Taylor. I think they had 38 or 36 yards overall rushing. Uh, they weren't getting a push. I mean, you talk about that third and two where the fumble comes out. It was going to be really close. They were going to have to measure it, even if he holds on to the ball. But that was, you know, at times last year, that was that was like a, you know, a putt that you just give to your opponent. Like it, it was a chip in, uh, you know, you had no question about what was going to happen. And this year it feels like they're not, you, you don't have confidence they're going to get one yard on the ground. 
uh, you know, on a carry. And so to me, a lot of that, they're not getting that push. I, again, I thought they did a much better job in pass protection today. They had the three sacks, so it wasn't a great job. But compared to the first three weeks, I think it was a step forward. And it, it's all for naught because you can't get the running game going even on a, on a basic high school level. It, to answer the um... – to answer the the question, at least on, on Twitter, I think I would, I'm with you, Jordan. I think it's overhyped right now, more than overpaid, because I don't think right now you can fault Chris Ballard when they extended either Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, or Quinn Nelson right now and say that's a bad move. I mean, all three have earned it. But right now, also, all three are not playing well. Like, all five players are not playing well. And really, you can even say all six. They, they, they made a move, George. We thought a move was going to come after the Denver game in week number five, upcoming on Thursday, if the offensive line continues to struggle. And we saw that move made before even that as, as Will Fry stepped in for Danny Pinner at right guard. And the frustrating part about today is that you're right, George. Miscommunication-wise, there was really none the entire game. To credit Frank Reich, he said it, and you mentioned almost guaranteed earlier in the week that, listen, the miscommunication issues will be fixed. We will not allow any free rushers, and we will make sure whether the disconnect is between Matt Ryan and Ryan Kelly – Matt Ryan and some of the, the running backs or tight ends that are missing assignments, whatever it is, it'll be cleaned up. To their credit, it was cleaned up. But also, more infuriating, short three sacks of pass protection, especially the first half was shaky. He was a lot better in the second half. But with that said, too, the run game's like officially dead. Like, this is this team was built to be a run-first team with this offensive line, with the investment in the offensive line, with Jonathan Taylor being one of the best backs in the NFL, and Chris Ballard's determination to win within the trenches. George through four games, we got to kill that notion. This is no longer a run-first team. This is not a team that can lean on their run game getting established. This has to be a pass-first team because I tweeted it, I think it was either late in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. You have to abandon the run. It's absurd to say, and Jonathan Taylor, you have to abandon the run. It was a waste of a down, George. They couldn't get any push going like you mentioned. This is a Titans team coming in. It's not like they're playing... The 85 Bears defense, where this is a great defense, okay, fine, no one runs in them, or even the equivalent of, let's say, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, who was really good this year. This was a defense that was allowing 145 rushing yards per game, fourth worst in the NFL. They were allowing a league worst 5.8 yards per carry. 5.8 yards per carry. You mentioned it, John Taylor, 42 yards on 20 carries. He himself averaged 2.1 yards per carry. The Colts as a team averaged 1.7 yards per carry, and their 38 total rushing yards, fewest since week 12 of 2015. This is embarrassing how bad it was considering how bad that Titans run defense was coming into this week. That's why we had confidence coming in. I mean, when we pick the game, that's that's what you're picking it on. Titans can't stop the run. The Colts are going to get that running game going. And we said then, if they don't, it's going to show that there's a really serious problem. Well, there's a really serious problem. I give Matt Ryan credit because I think he started getting rid of the ball quickly. That got the passing game going. I give those receivers and tight ends credit because they were winning early in the down and they were able to get a lot of yardage in that passing game and, and come back. But as you said, this is a team that is built to run the football and to bully teams around, and they're going to have to change that identity because right now they cannot do that. They absolutely cannot do that, and obviously we don't know Jonathan Taylor's status. I mean, he said after the game that you know his status for Thursday night is unknown, but I mean, I hate to say this, but I feel like there's no other, nothing to say. It almost doesn't matter because if he plays on Thursday night, like I don't see how this, this run game is going to get any better. Like At this point, like you mentioned, this was going to be the game that kind of shows you who this Colts team is. 
And they showed you this is a Colts team that even with the worst rush defense in the NFL coming into your building, you still can't stop. Like they won't be able to establish the run, I should say, and they won't be able to get any sort of push. And the worst part was George's earlier this year. You look, you can say Danny Pinter was really kind of dragging everyone else down and you can maybe even blame some of the free rushers on, let's say Ryan Kelly over helping on Danny Pinter, maybe Braden Smith over helping on Danny Pinter's guy and allowing another guy to kind of come on in and make a play. But this was a game that, especially in the run uh, run game, and even too, we saw uh, on a few different pass plays, everyone's getting beat. Matt Pryor getting beat. Okay, not a surprise that's going to happen. But Quinn Nelson getting beat early in the first half. I forget which defender it was, if it was Danico Autry or someone else. But he's getting beat like a Autry. drum one-on-one. It's like when your best guy, when one of the best guards in all the NFL is getting beat one-on-one, and it's just one of those things, this is, this is a situation where it's an epidemic. It's it's an, a truly an epidemic where if you want to say the Colts team is going as far as the offensive line is taking this year, they're going as far as the top five pick, George. Yeah, well, I mean it, it's it's a disaster right now. I mean there, there's no there's no question about that. It is a, a five alarm fire. Uh, this offensive line, you were hoping and, and perhaps believing today would be the day they kind of get back on track. They don't, and if they can't do it against Tennessee, it's really hard to imagine who it's going to happen against. Uh, that, you know, they've, they've got to get those things fixed and they've got to get them fixed in a hurry. But, you know, they keep saying that week after week. And what happens is you end up being in a situation they're in right now, one, two, and one. Their one saving grace is the division they play in. I mean, here we are again, Jacksonville, Tennessee are tied at the top of the division at two and two. And the Colts are one, two, and one and trying to figure out, you know, how to move forward. Um, it's, you know, there's not a lot of time this week. That's for sure. You're going to go to Denver and you're going to face a team over there with, with one of the best defenses in the NFL that defense has been winning games all on its own uh, so far this year not a great challenge for a team that's struggling the way the Colts are right now on the offensive side of the ball you are right when you say the division is you know is giving the Colts extra life because like you said that the two teams tied atop are two and two and the Colts are one two and one but can we like can we honestly realistically say that George because you look at this team the way they play in the division they've lost or, or tied the last four division games they played. So it's not like they're even taking care of the division and just losing to other teams. They can't even win right now in their own division. And you look at how they're playing. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like there's again, outside of the Texans and even still, that's not even, you know, a gimme right now. What we saw in week number one, there's, there's, there's no like must wins or, or feel good wins right now. I should say not, not must wins, but like locks to win. Whether hmm. it's the Jags coming to town in a few weeks, whether it's going to Tennessee in a few weeks, or even like I can't guarantee one over the Texans right now, George, and when they come to town later in the season, like like that's just how bad they're playing, and it's all different areas of the team. Yeah, no, there's no, when I say that, that that that's a saving grace, I don't mean that this team is is showing any reason. I'm just saying that, right? Even though you have struggled the way you have, you're still in it. You know, you still got 13 games left, and you're a half game out of first place. Uh, but it's not early right. in the year anymore. You know, I think first couple of weeks you can say it's early. You're trying to figure some things out. It's not early anymore. You've played the first quarter of the season. You're four games in. You are who your your record says you are. You're one, two, and one. And you're having some serious problems in areas that are supposed to be hallmarks of this team. I think that's the biggest, to me, that's the biggest alarm right there. This offensive line is supposed to carry this team. This running game is supposed to lead this team. And right now, they're at the top of the list of, of issues, you know? Right. Um, yeah, Matt Ryan has to stop fumbling the football. That's right there as well. The offense in general is at the top of the list of issues you you've got to get it fixed and you've got to get it fixed in a hurry. 
the only saving grace in all that is you have a division that's very forgiving in, in that regard. So if you can get it fixed, you're still alive. I guess that's what I'm saying ultimately. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a major issue. It's a bad football team right now playing bad football. Uh, but if there is any hope moving forward, it is that the division has not taken the advantage to pull away from them, even though they are 0-2-1 within the division itself. Right. If this team is capable of turning it around, then you're hundred percent right. Then all of a sudden, like this is the saving grace that they're not buried four weeks in, and then you know the division winner or leaders four or three and one. That's a big question: is can they turn around? And right now, you're right. I have no, I have no reason to believe that they absolutely will. Let's put a bow on on this segment, George, and this in this conversation about the outfits line with this question: I is it time to really turn up the heat and really examine the job security of Chris Strausser, the 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 offensive line coach? Because at least from my perspective. Quit, like Matt Pryor and whoever's the right guard, Danny Pinter, Will Fries, whatever, you know, whatever person you want to put in there, because that seems to be a rotating door. You knew those are weaknesses, and I would put that more on, on Chris Ballard than anyone else. But you look at the three stalwarts and the three studs you have in Quinn Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith. I still think they're good players. I think they're really good players right now that this year, so far through three games or through four games, they even go back to last year against Jacksonville to finish the season, the last five games we've seen. They have played their arguably their worst five games. Maybe they've ever played at any level of football their career. I don't think they're bad. We've seen the miscommunications get, get, get fixed and they're still getting beat. At this point, if I'm Frank Reich, I think of a change. I don't I'm, know what like I don't know what else there is to do. I'm with you. I, I think you can make a case very logically that this team has slid backwards each year under Chris Strausser, that they they've taken a step back as, as far as an offensive line play goes. Uh, and, and now it's at a point where it's frankly unacceptable. I mean, that's yes. that's the bottom line. You cannot play at this level right now on offense in general and on offensive line specifically uh, and, and expect to win games in the NFL. So I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but I think it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. I'm with you because also, too, not like – it's not a secret. Like Frank Reich is on the hot seat, right? And each week his seat is getting getting warmer and warmer. Barring an epic turnaround like we saw in 2018 or even 2021, but it ends in a playoff berth, unlike last year, Frank Reich's probably at the door this year. So if you're Frank, a little self-preservation, you have to start thinking, like, I got to do something. And like you said, I don't know what else offensive line was. I don't know what else there is to do, George. Through four weeks, they have kind of done it all. They've switched out the right guard. They, they have, like you said, they've shored up at least this week specifically some communication issues. And Ryan Kelly, Matt Ryan were a lot better. And there's a lot less free rushers coming in. But again, then you go, look, okay, a lot of the, the rushers that were coming on in and pressuring Matt Ryan and stuffing Jonathan Taylor behind the line of scrimmage were just guys that are winning one-on-one. Whether it's technique, whether it's firing off the ball, whether if just the message is getting stale. Like that's also a possibility as well. There's Something you got to look at where if you're Frank Reich, I don't know if you can afford to wait much longer. Again, it's a short week here with, with Denver on Thursday. I'll be shocked if a move happens, let's say, this early. It was basically no time to install or kind of reinstall any new philosophies, whether it's Kevin Mawai or someone else that you want to you know, make uh, the new offensive line coach if a move is going to be made. But you got to look after this Denver game, who has a very good defense, by the way. You're going to Denver. We see the same kind of crap go on. I don't know how Frank can honestly justify not making a move at this point because, like I said, it's a definition of insanity then. We're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect different results with a line right now that's showing you right now with the way everything is, they cannot produce different results, George. 
Well, I mean, you know, I've been saying all day, I, I think the offensive line had a better day, and I really do. But at the end of the day, they had a better day, and they gave up three sacks and, and averaged 1.7 yards a carry. So uh, even that is, is a damning kind of statement. 